Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Selling Greenville, the podcast I, Stan McCune, realtor here in Greenville, South Carolina, have created here in 2020, as I have spent more time at home, as uh, we have just not been out as much. I have cut out as much traveling and as much uh, really just getting out of my house as much as possible due to COVID. Uh, There's not really a whole lot to do as it is outside of walking around a park, which I don't mind doing every now and then. Uh, But regardless, this has given me the opportunity to do this podcast, and we have a lot of episodes uh, already, well over 20 episodes. If, If you just started listening, I would encourage you to go back and listen to some of our older ones. Um, Our audio quality suffered a a few times during the early days, but uh, I have upgraded our microphone and hopefully it sounds better. And I would appreciate if you guys could rate or review this show. That would really help me out. Uh, Subscribe to it if you aren't subscribed yet to it, whatever platform you're on, whether that's Spotify, Audio Boom, Google Play, uh, obviously Apple um, Podcasts, whatever the case may be. Uh, We're on all of those platforms. Subscribe to make sure you don't miss any future episodes. And uh, and again, give us a rating or a review that helps other people to find out about the podcast, and I would greatly appreciate that. And uh, of course, if you need a realtor or if you just want to chat with me, all of my contact information, as always, is in the show notes, and I'm always happy to, to talk to you guys. I usually get some kind of text message or email or something about my show after I release it. Uh, and I really like that. I enjoy going back and forth with you guys. So uh, yeah, let me know if you have any questions or concerns or you just need a realtor. Today, we are going to be talking about the 80-20 principle and how that applies to your home. Um, now, if you've never heard of the 80-20 principle, there's like a, a gazillion different uh, ways to explain it. I'm not going to get into all of that, but the kind of like a nerdy definition is that um, 20% of your inputs result in 80% of your outputs. Um, a, a business example might be that 80% of your revenue comes from 20% of your clients. That's a general rule. And some businesses, it might be more of like a 1090 principle or a 3070. But, um, but 8020 in general, we find that oftentimes 20% of something has. of the results, just generally speaking. And so um, that has really helped me in my life to really cut the fat on a lot of things that I don't need. Because when you learn that 20% of what's going on uh, or 20% of the things in your life cause, for instance, 80% of your happiness, well, then you can can start to weed out the other 80% uh, that's in your life that's not causing happiness that... Uh, that you don't need. Well, when it comes to being a homeowner or an investor or whatever the case may be, um, there is an 80-20, there, there are several 80-20 principles that I think apply that can help you to think more clearly as you're buying houses, as you're selling houses, as you're trying to invest in real estate, as you're trying to think as a landlord for your tenants, uh, whatever the case may be, there are a lot of ways that we can use the 80-20 approach to kind of uh, make our thinking a lot more clear about approaching real estate and and what real estate, what impact real estate has, what impact different things in the home have, and, and how we can best use our time and our resources and how we can 
best approach it when we're when we're looking at at homes and making major decisions for where we're going to live, where we're going to invest, um, how we're going to update our home. So I want to start with this. And again, this is all my, obviously my opinion. This whole podcast is my opinion. All of my podcasts are, are my opinion. So you can for sure disagree with me, but this is just what I've seen in my professional experience. 80%, we'll start with this. I've got five of these. 80% of your home value is determined by 20% of your home features. So 80% of your home value is determined by 20% of your features. When people walk into your home and in their mind, they're assessing the value of the home, they're looking at 20% of your home. There's an, a whole 80% of your home that is really important to you or that may be important to you that when the average person walks in, they're not even paying attention. Here's the way I look at it. I, I think about home features and home updates in three different buckets. There are negatives, there are neutrals, and there are positives. This is really groundbreaking, right? Never heard of these categories before, right? <laughs> um, but I, I wanna put a different spin on what I mean by this and how this impacts the way you approach your home and what you do to it. This is really important, right? When people walk into your home, they're going to see negatives, neutrals, and positives. They might walk in and be like, oh man, uh, I love the layout of this house. Um, you know, that, that would be a positive, right? They love the layout. Um, I love the layout. You know, the master bedroom um, is kind of small, but I can live with that. I can live with the fact that it's small. I can live with the fact that it doesn't have a walk-in closet because it's got, you know, two other, uh, you know, normal closets uh, that will be adequate. That's a neutral, right? We can live with this. But, oh, man, I just hate that yard. That yard, it's sloped, it's small, it's not fenced in, it's high maintenance. That's a negative. All right, so these are... That's just an example of the three different buckets. Now, when you are updating your house, obviously we update our houses for a lot of different reasons. There, uh, it may not have any direct relation to our home value. Sometimes we just update our homes in order to improve something that's important to us that might not be important to other to other people. Uh, but if you're updating your home from the standpoint and, and focused on home values, then there are certain things that uh, need to be considered when it comes to these three buckets, all right? And 80% of your home value is determined by only 20% of your features, so you need to focus on the 20%. What are the 20%? The 20% are the negatives that need to be turned into neutrals or positives, and the neutrals that need to be turned to positives, okay? Um, what that means is if your home is already great in one area, in one thing, you don't need to keep doubling down and focusing on that one thing. The best thing that you can do is to take a negative and flip that into a positive. And this is what, when I walk through homes and give people suggestions for what they can do, in order to improve their home value, that's what I'm looking for. What's the negative? I walk into the kitchen and I see that it's a pretty nice kitchen, but the floor 
is really dated, has a lot of wear and tear. People are going to walk into that kitchen. They're going to be like, oh, man, what this floor is is really, really dated, really worn. Um, and in their mind, they're going to start adding up all of these dollar figures that may not even be accurate. And that's the worst part of it, right? The worst part of it is when people are left to their own imaginations and their imaginations are not properly calibrated for the reality of the situation. You can flip that negative into a positive by replacing that floor, fixing that floor, whatever the case may be. You can make that floor that currently when people walk into it, they're going to hate it or they're not going to be happy about it. Upgrade it into something really nice so that when people walk into it, it's like, oh man, I love this kitchen floor. You've you've now flipped it from something that is a distraction and a detraction from your house to a feature. That is what you want to do as much as possible. You've got a really ugly paint color throughout the house and a lot of imperfections to the walls, uh, you know, whatever the case may be, you can uh, paint that house, fix those things, get all of that taken care of and make it look like a new house in a lot of ways. And that can flip that item from a negative into a positive. A lot of people, they, they, they will get down in the weeds of like, you know, well, I know that we've got, you know, uh, my garage is unfinished. You know, it's it, we never painted the garage. And, you know, we've got, you know, old faucets in the bathrooms and whatnot. And, and it, again, it depends. Every situation is different. But you need to be thinking from the standpoint of, of what are the 20% items here? What are the 20% of the items that people are going to be focused on? If you have a really luxurious bathroom and in that bathroom, the faucets are awful, you need to replace the faucets, right? But if you got a bathroom that's not already a feature of the house and it's got old faucets, most people aren't going to be looking at the faucets. They're going to be looking at the bathroom as a whole. And so in that case, the faucets wouldn't be a part of the 20% that's adding to your home value. And so that is the way you need to be thinking, thinking through what are, when people walk into this house, what are the negatives they're going to immediately see? And how can I flip those at least into a neutral, but even better flip them into a positive? And then what are the neutral items that I can maybe easily flip into a positive? For instance, an an example would be um, like your yard. Maybe your yard, it doesn't look bad, but it doesn't look great. Maybe you can just add uh, some mulch, add some plants in there, and do a few basic things. And now your yard now is something that when people come to your house, they're like, wow, the, what a great yard. I really uh, am just amazed by the curb appeal. I love it. I love the way it looks. It really makes the house stand out in the neighborhood. I would love to you know, just be able to, to go out here and for uh, my kids and my pets to enjoy it. This is awesome. Um, Maybe it wasn't a problem before. Maybe the yard wasn't a problem, but you turned it into something really positive. Now, you have to be careful. When you're turning a neutral to a positive, you don't want to spend as much money because it's something that wasn't already broken. Um, It's just something that you're improving. So you don't want to go overboard. You know, for uh, another example would be like kitchen countertops. Um, 
if you have a really nice kitchen, but the countertops are just kind of like, eh, kind of low end, uh, nothing very fancy, nothing very, nothing great about them, um, then you can probably flip that neutral, quote unquote, neutral countertop into a positive by replacing it, by putting something that would be a showpiece type of granite or type of quartz or whatever the case may be. When people walk in there, they're like, wow, look at that piece of granite. Like you can tell that, you know, this is a, a unique feature, a unique piece in the house. I love it. Um, and, and it flips the conversation. Whereas before people come in the kitchen, they're like, okay, well, the kitchen's nice, but I wish that, you know, I, I, these wouldn't be the countertops I would choose, but that it's okay. It's just countertops after all. Now they're coming in there saying, wow, look at this kitchen. Look at these countertops. This is awesome. That's flipping it from a neutral to a positive. And those 20% items do account for 80% of your home value. Now, in a similar vein, 20% of your home's features account for 80% of your enjoyment. So this is more if you're updating the house for your own enjoyment, not necessarily just uh, for the home value. But 20% of the features account for 80% of your enjoyment. Uh, so for instance, like a deck. Uh, my old house, we didn't have a place for a deck in our backyard. It was a tri-level house. And we had a front entrance and we had a back entrance. The back entrance was down in what you might consider the basement part of the house, even though from a basement standpoint, only one elevation uh, was underneath the dirt. The rest of the house was not underneath you know, the ground at all. But that was where our, uh, our back door came off and that's where our deck would have been. Well, there wasn't any way to put a deck there because it went right out into our back driveway. So then that meant that we didn't have a space uh, to really put a grill. So then that meant we didn't really ever grill at all. And there wasn't a place to do any outdoor dining. If we were going to grill, we had to grill, we had to, to bring everything back inside, go through our quote unquote basement, up the stairs, there was our kitchen, there's our dining room. And practically, it just meant that we never spent time out there. We never grilled. We never did any of that. Now at the house that we're at currently, we have a deck. Uh, we use it a good bit. We, uh, we grill really frequently. And that is a, a major item that is just one feature, but it impacts a lot of different things. Another one is your kitchen appliances. You don't want to skimp on your kitchen appliances. Don't get the cheapest appliances. Get good ones, particularly if you're cooking a lot. If you're spending uh, a lot of time in your kitchen, you want good appliances in there. Some people are sticklers for gas appliances. If you're a stickler for a gas appliance, don't sell yourself short. You want to enjoy your kitchen appliances. They very much impact your appreciation of the house, way more than cosmetic things. And this is something I wanted to make sure I mentioned is that we tend to go into a house and we look at all these cosmetic. Oh, I love, you know, the, the interior doors are, are updated doors and I, and I love all the stainless steel and the crown molding and whatnot. Um, I love the, the flooring and the foyer. Well, you know, guess what? You don't spend a lot of time in the foyer. You're, you're not living in the crown molding of your house 
um, you need there needs to be some logic in terms of what in your mind you prioritize. And obviously, I'm not downplaying cosmetics. Cosmetics do um, boost your pride in home ownership. They do boost your uh, your enjoyment of the house in in kind of a way that can't necessarily be measured. But there are a lot of other things that can be measured that directly impact your enjoyment of a house. And and sometimes it's the homes that don't have all of those fancy cosmetic features that are some of the that have that sorry that bring some of the most enjoyment to people because they have all these other features. Um, another good example would be multiple HVAC units. We're we're now seeing in South Carolina, we've seen this for a while, um, a lot of what we call one and a half story houses. These are houses that uh, they're basically a ranch, but then they have a bonus room. So they don't have a full second story to them, but they do have an upstairs bonus room. And oftentimes that bonus room doesn't have an AC unit to it. Well, that can directly impact your use of that room. And and I talked about smart home gadgets in a recent episode. Um, there are some things that we can do now to offset the lack of a second AC unit. But let me tell you, it can be difficult. In, in the tri-level home I used to live in, we had each level would be a different temperature. And it, it just, it wasn't pleasant. We had one AC unit trying to cool three different small spaces. You know, it wasn't a big house. It was like an 18, 1900 square foot house. But one AC unit cooling off three different uh, levels is a lot different than one AC unit cooling off a ranch. And it and it presented some challenges. Our bedrooms were always hot at night because our bedrooms were on the second floor and the heat rises up there. And so um, that's a small thing that and it's something that's easy to overlook, but that really impacted us. I mean, not having a cool room at night meant that impacted my sleep schedule. Well, that's a, that's a major thing. Your sleep schedule... Uh, that impacts everything if, if you're not able to sleep. Um, a small one that I mentioned, I, I want to give another shout out. I mentioned this in, in the Smart Home Gadgets uh, episode, but doorbell camera. Um, I was just talking to someone the other day who uh, went from a house that didn't have one to a house that does, and he was saying just how much of a difference it makes. It really does. Um, I can't say enough good things about doorbell cameras. You you really have to use it to fully understand it, but just to be able to see uh, what's going on in front of your house or in the back of your house, to be able to respond to people when they ring the doorbell, whether you're there or not, or in a different part of the house or whatever the case may be, it, it's, it's really nice, it's really pleasant. Um, it disproportionately, it's one of those 20% of the features that increases your enjoyment of the house by 80%. Um, that is one of those items. Those are the things that as you're updating your house, be, be focused on those things because that is what will improve your quality of life. All right, another one. 80% of your yard work is in 20% of your yard. And this is something that a lot of us realize instinctively. But, you know, for instance... Your grass may not need to be mowed as much as you're having to mow it because 20% of your lawn is made up of weeds that are growing super duper fast. So maybe you just need to hire a company to come in and, and help control your weed situation. That might 
decrease your yard work by maybe not 80%, but it might decrease your yard work tremendously. Maybe there's a tree that is clogging up your gutters and that is causing all kinds of yard work, raking and whatnot in the fall and acorns going everywhere. Uh, maybe that tree just needs to come down. Maybe the 20% that you can improve that will dramatically impact uh, your your yard work and make it so much less is just removing a tree or two. There are some basic things. Think about your yard. Think about yards of, of homes that you're going to and, and consider how high maintenance or how low maintenance they are. Those are important things that it's easy to overlook. And at the end of the day, 20% of your yard work is, is uh, it, it, sorry, 80% of your yard work is in 20% of your yard. Most of the time, the majority of the yard is not that labor intensive, but there are some hedges or some things here or there that just take up tons and tons of time. And if you can, can find a way to minimize that work, uh, that's what you need to be focused on with updating your house. Um, similarly, 80% of your headache in your house comes from 20% of your house. Uh, so most houses, unless it's, it's a house that's just falling apart, there's only a handful of things that cause a majority of the headache. I already talked about in that one house, trying to, my tri-level house, trying to keep the house at a comfortable temperature. Oh man, that was definitely one of, of the 80% of my headache that came from 20% of the house. I mean, I was constantly worried about that. Um, we had all kinds of things we had to do in our crawl space, which is really frustrating. It's why, you know, slab homes have a lot of appeal because when you have to do a bunch of work in your crawl space, you never get to enjoy your crawl space. And for a lot of people, 80% of their headache is down there, is down there in their crawl space. That's a space that they will never, that you never want to go in the crawl space, right? Nobody wants to go in their crawl space, but it's a very, if you have a crawl space in your home, that's a very important area. You have to make sure that you don't have termites, that you don't have moisture, that you don't have things rotting down there. And, uh, Something that a lot of people don't even consider in this when it comes to 80% of your headache coming from 20% of your house, well, logically, if you get a bigger house, that 20% then is bigger. 20% of 2,000 square feet is a lot more than 20% of 1,000 square feet. And this is why you see, one of the reasons why you see a lot of people these days downsizing is because they realize, you know what? I don't need all of this house. I don't need all of this headache. I can eliminate half the headache by just getting half the house. And so for some people, downsizing can um, really increase their headspace because they're getting rid of so many headaches. Um, I'll mention as well that a lot of the biggest headaches that we have in houses are not from things that we can see, but from things that we can't see, electrical issues, plumbing issues. I just had at, uh, at my house that I use uh, that I'm experimenting with as an Airbnb um, as a short-term rental. I just had a plumbing thing over there. That was It was a real headache. I mean, it was like trying to get in there in between guests, and um, I, I wasn't exactly sure what the issue was. And once I figured it out, I didn't have enough time in order to fix it. It was a, a big headache, but a very small thing. You don't think about your plumbing and how important that is. 
but your plumbing issues, your electrical issues, those are things that you don't want, you, you, you want to make sure that, that you're gonna have as few headaches from those things as possible. And this is why when I go to people that are selling their home, if I find that there are two prong outlets in their house, I'll tell them, listen, update those to three prong. Because a person that sees two-pronged outlets, their mind immediately goes to, this is going to be a headache house. This house already has electrical issues. It's not up to code. I'm going to be constantly worried about and constantly focused on fixing things in this house. That's where people's minds go. And, um, and you need to realize that as well. It's why an inspection is really important when you're buying a home. Uh, I, I think multiple inspections are really important. Um, and there, there are several different types of inspections that we can get down here in South Carolina. Those help to reveal, obviously it's not perfect, but they help to reveal some of those items that you wouldn't necessarily see, but that will potentially end up being part of that 80% that your, uh, 80% of your headaches. Um, it's oftentimes the things that when you look around, you don't, immediately notice and so you want to just eliminate those things you know what if you're having a bunch of electrical issues just have pay the money for an electrician to come out and or at least have an electrician come out and look at it and give you a quote oftentimes these things cost less than you would think in order to get fixed and what price tag can you put on having fewer headaches on on having more time spent not trying to fix your house you you can't necessarily put a, a price tag on something like that. Those things are important, and we need to make sure that we're eliminating as many of those headaches as possible. And thankfully, it's only a small percentage of your house that contributes to most of those headaches. So focus on those things. Focus on those things where you can get rid of that 20% as much as possible, and now your headaches in the house have gone down dramatically. Um. Last but not least, 80% of your time is spent in 20% of your house. Um, we all know this instinctively. I kind of made a reference to this earlier when I talked about, you know, having a really nice foyer. We don't spend a whole lot of time in our foyer, typically. Um, but a lot of people will invest a lot of money in decorating and making their foyer look really nice because they want when people walk in, you know, to be wowed by their foyer. Well, for you as the homeowner, obviously that's nice when people walk in and they're wowed by your foyer, but you as the homeowner are not going to benefit from that a whole a whole lot. Um, some of the most sellable parts of your house as well are not necessarily the places where you spend a whole lot of time. So uh, really, we t tend to think of the most sellable parts of the home as the kitchen and the bathrooms, right? Those are the spaces that are unique and that really stand out when people walk into a home. Uh, but some people don't spend a whole lot of time in their kitchen. And hopefully, hopefully you're not spending a whole lot of time in your bathroom. Um, and so you need to think at when you're looking at homes or when you're updating your home uh, for your own personal enjoyment, for your own personal benefit, what are the spaces in here where I'm going to be spending the most amount of time? That is the space that you need to be updating. It might be a bonus room. It might be a, uh, it might be the kitchen for a lot of people. Um, the kitchen is where they spend a lot of time. It might be a workshop. Um, it could be your office. It could be your entertaining spaces. Oftentimes, the spaces that we tend to prioritize 
are not the ones that are as important. Your master bedroom, for instance. Are you going to be spending a ton of time in your master bedroom? A lot of people don't. I don't spend a lot of time in my be- in my bedroom. Um, that's, to me, my master bedroom uh, it takes up a whole lot more space in my house than it really needs to. And there are a lot of spaces that are like that, that people in their minds, because you know, we've been programmed to focus on, like I said, to focus on the bathrooms and to focus on on the master suites and, and all these other things that you can neglect that it's like, you know what, in my house, I'm actually going to be spending a whole lot more time in my office than I will be in the master bedroom. So let's make sure that the office, you know, that it's heated and cooled well. Let's make sure that it's in a good spot, that it's in a quiet spot away from the kids that it has, you know, maybe a nice, uh, nice viewpoint out to wherever you want to to be looking. Whatever the case may be, that is the twenty percent of your house that you're going to spend eighty percent of your time in. That's where you need to be thinking when you're updating your house or when you're looking at new homes. Those are the spaces you need to be more worried about than, okay, you know, is this guest bathroom a show a showroom it's nice if the guest bathroom is a showroom but you are never going to hardly ever use the guest bathroom so why does it matter for you personally um, spend that money focus on yourself first and then prioritize your guests and some of these other th- things that are going to be lesser used deprioritize those things to come secondary to the, to the spaces that you are spending 80% of your time in. You'll find that it's really a small number of rooms that you spend the vast majority of your time in, and those are the rooms that ultimately you need to prioritize. So that's the 80-20 rule applied to real estate, applied to home selling, home updating, home buying. If you have any others uh, that come to your mind that you've thought about, please feel free to let me know. Um, I'd love to hear your ideas. All my contact information is in the show notes, and I hope you guys stay safe until next time.